Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I want to talk to you for a little while tonight about the king of glory, the king of glory. And I'm going to begin with Psalm 24, the king of glory. Amen. Psalm 24, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king, capital K, of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye geats, and be lifted, lifted, and even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Selah. I want to talk to you about the king of glory. Heavenly Father, your word is already anointed. Lord, and we pray, God, that we would now let it be anointed to our heart and apply it to our heart. Lord, in this season that we're in, God, we need to know we can trust, Lord, your word every day. And we do, God. We trust your word. We trust you because you are the king of glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The king of glory. There's a lot of fairy tales and stories and fiction and even real true history about kings and kingdoms. And a lot of the fairy tales and stories begin with once upon a time. Once upon a time. Well, the story of the king of glory is timeless. So there is no once upon a time that it begins with a certain time. Our king is the eternal king of glory. He always was, he always will be, and he is forevermore. The king of glory is the king of his own kingdom, the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God has one central figure, one main character in the story, and that's the king of of glory. There's only one. There's only one Lord. There's only one champion. There's only one king. The core of the kingdom is not its citizen. It is not its territory. It's not its victories even. The core of the kingdom is the king. Jesus is the supreme sovereign ruler, and he is the central character of the kingdom. He is the central focus. Everything in the kingdom revolves around his throne, his throne. He is the central figure on that throne, a man in heaven. We find that John had the curtain rolled back and saw a revelation of this picture in Revelation 5 and 6. And he says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb. 
as if it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the Spirit of God. And it says that Jesus is the Lamb in the midst of the throne. The Lamb came for a mission. The Lamb came for a central focus, and that was to establish a kingdom of which there would be no end. Amen. Adam had lost the ability to operate in the kingdom, but the second Adam came to renew what Adam the first had lost. Amen. The first recorded message of Jesus is found in John chapter 4 and verse 7. And this is what it says. For at that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus called people to change their minds because they needed a line with his kingdom. Jesus taught people to repent, amen, to take a whole new way of thinking. Why did they need a mindset change? Because they were adjusted to living to the kingdoms of this world. Amen. You need to change kingdoms. I need to change kingdoms. I changed. I, I, I left the kingdom of darkness and came into the kingdom of light a, a long time ago. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Need a mindset change to understand that. Amen. There is a promise. We're celebrating, you know, the time of the coming Messiah. There was a promise. And we often read the scripture, but let's go back to it again. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Amen. What a beautiful, that line alone could be preached for a long time. And the Bible says, and the government, the authority of the kingdom shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, his kingdom and peace, there shall be no end. Amen. Politics come and go, but let me tell you, his government will continue upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of the host will perform this. Amen. Every righteous Hebrew, every sincere Jew anticipated the arrival of the Messiah. They looked for him because they knew this prophecy would be fulfilled. They looked for the Messiah to rebuild the kingdom of David. As a matter of fact, they are still believing this today. They are still looking for a national deliverer. The Jews expected a conquering king to come and rescue them from Roman bondage. They didn't understand that the true mission of Messiah was bigger than the Hebrews, larger than the Jews, bigger than Palestine. He came to deliver all mankind from the bondage of sin and the power of death, hell, and the grave. That is why we begin to look at him with a broader spectrum than just simply in the focus of a national Messiah. He is the king of glory. The king of glory. You know, when the wise men came some, some time after he was born and they, they went looking for him, they didn't say, where is the priest of the Jews? They didn't say, where is the, 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 the great leader of the Jews? They said, 
Where is the king? The king of the Jews. Amen. Uh, In Matthew 2 and 2, it says, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, have come to worship him. Hallelujah. That is the beginning of Jesus' life. And before Pilate, this is what was taking place. John 18 and 37. Pilate said to him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest, I am a king. To this end I was born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hear my voice. What is he saying? The same mentality of the wise men that sought for a king is what was happening on Calvary when they plastered a sign in mimicry and mocking him. But in reality, it was declaring who he was. Jesus the king. Jesus the king. John the Baptist came as the introducer of the king. He came as the announcer, the heralder of the king. He was sent by God to say, the king is coming. The king is coming. Matthew 3, 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Same message. Amen. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, (coughs) The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Amen. He said in John 1 and 23, he said, make the way of, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah says. Verse 24, and they which were of the Pharisees, and they asked him and said unto him, why baptize thou then, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, neither prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth among you one among you, whom you know not, he it is who cometh after me is preferred before me, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. What is he saying? He's the king. I, I, I'm not the king. Amen. He introduced him later on as the lamb of God, but he was introducing the lamb that was on the throne. Think about that. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Clear away the obstacles. Let the king come in. Amen. I would to to the Lord today that we would do the same thing. Clear the obstacles. Let the king of glory come in. Let the king of glory come into our lives, into our homes, into our families, into our schools, into our government buildings. Amen. In our businesses. Let the king of glory come in. Hallelujah. Surely there is something that we ought to be doing in this pandemic and that is looking to the king looking to the king he is revealed in 1st Timothy 6 and 14 that thou keep this commandment without spot unrebukable until the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only somebody say only Only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath 
immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Amen. The Amplified reads of this, appearing will be shown forth in his own proper time by the blessed only sovereign ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. The ESV reads it like this, which he, he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the King of glory. There's none below or none above him. All are below him. He's the king of kings. I want to give you 10, 10 things that you need to know that makes a king. 10 attributes of the king. The first, and I started with this, the king is always the central character of his kingdom. There can not be multiple central characters. There's only got to be, there's only one. Amen. In John chapter 5, it says, Jesus speaking, John 5 and 39, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me, and ye will not come to me, or, or, and ye will not come to me that you might have life. He's saying here, search the scriptures, you're going to find me there. He prophesied and declared to them that the Holy Spirit was coming, the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father. He said, the Holy Spirit will testify of me. The spotlight is pointed on the King of glory. He is the central figure. Amen. You have to have a central figure to have a king. Number two, the king is the ultimate and absolute source of authority in his kingdom. Amen. His word is final. He doesn't consult a parliament. He doesn't consult a congress. He doesn't consult a senate or even a supreme court. Because <laughs> there is no such thing to our king. Our king is above being vetoed, being voted, being put in or kicked out. Amen. He cannot be manipulated by a system that is corrupt. His, his position is not ruined by a faulty medium. His position cannot be taken away by the doubters and the, and the devils of hell. It cannot be because he is the ultimate and absolutely the buck stops here authority. Colossians 1. Somebody say hallelujah. I wish you were in the building today. All of you. Praise God. Thank God to have, you may hear Bishop saying amen tonight. He's in the room with us. My lovely wife, amen, here with us, and our, our captain of the media, Brother David Lanehart, is in the building with us today. He's the reason you're seeing me right now, amen. Colossians 1 and verse 12, give thanks unto the Father, which hath made us to meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins who is the image the image of the invisible god the firstborn of every creature would 
that every scholar would reread that verse and consider it for its depth, depth of understanding. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Stop there and read that and look at that. He created all things in heaven. He created all things in earth, whether they be visible or invisible. Woo! Whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. Ha! Verse 70 says, he is before all things, and by him all things consist, and he is the head the absolute, the final authority, the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. The Bible tells us, the writer in Colossians, Paul says in, in chapter 2, he said, we're complete in him, for he is the head of all principality and power. Did not Paul also write under the anointing of God that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality? powers, the rulers of darkness and, and wicked things. Oh, we wrestle against that. Well, in this verse, he categorically makes it very clear that Jesus is the head of all principalities. He's the head. And when you pray, you can pray, oh God, take care of that which is invisible. Oh God, take care of that which is visible. Lord, take care of the, Lord, we, we want, we want these principalities as raising their heads up to be defeated in the name of Jesus. We want them to be defeated in our life. We want them to be defeated in our homes, defeated in our cities, defeated in our nation and our world. We ought to pray in authority because when you pray in the name of Jesus, you're praying in the authority of the king of glory. The king has got to be absolute, the final authority. The third thing is the king is king by birthright. The king is king by birthright. Authority is not given to him by man or even angels. Authority is given to him because of birthright. Elected leaders rule by the will of the people. At least they're supposed to. Dictators rule by oppression, fear, and coercion. Jesus was not made king. He was born king of kings. For unto us a child is born. Okay, look at the distinction. Unto us a child is born, flesh born. But unto us a son is given. Hallelujah, there's more than meets the eye. He is a child, but he is also the son of God. He is God, manifest in flesh. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. The authority rests upon him. And he is king, not by coronation, but I. he is king by being born. Hallelujah. Being born the spotless, wonderful, glorious king of glory. The fourth thing is the king is never voted into power. His power doesn't come from people. It comes by his 
rights of glory. The psalmist writes, the Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. It's his right, not voted. You can't vote him in. You can't vote him out. Number five, a king uh, uh, cannot be voted out of power. The king's rule for life, for life. Well, hallelujah, the president or prime minister can be voted out or, 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 or has to leave office at some end of the term. There's no end to his term, church. Hallelujah, Psalm 93 and 1. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength. Wherewith he hath girded himself, the world also established. It cannot be moved. Then look at this. Thy throne is established of old and thou art from everlasting. The king of kings is king by sovereign right. God said it and it was so. Amen. Lucifer tried to derail him and unseat him, but he failed. Amen. There have been atheists that have shaken their fist in the face of the king and they have failed. Prophets that have come and so-called prophets that have come and gone. Agnostics that have been irritated. Humanists that want to overthrow him. Haters of all kind. But the king is still king. I know we're smart. We are so smart today in our culture that we think that we have risen to the level that we can change things on our desire. We'll just change marriage because we're smart. We'll change genderism because we're smart. We're, 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 we're more educated. Folks back in the day were not educated. Well, I want to tell you, it's more than just that. It's more than just Picking your own choice to say, I'm so brilliant now that I can. How arrogant is that? How arrogant of a world to say, we're going to shift everything and change everything because we know better. But yet, amen, the king still reigns. It doesn't matter what is passed by Congress. It doesn't matter what happens around us. The king is still on his throne. People can rebel his commandments. But no act of man on earth, no act of spiritual power of darkness can unseat him and remove him from being who he is. Revelation 11 and 15 says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. One day, all of these, these, these that are leaders of nations that have been given their time, the Lord is going to say, enough. It's my time to completely take this over. Reign forever. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Number six, the king's word is law. It's the last word. His word is law. 
The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlighten the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, endureth forever. The judgments of the Lord are pure and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warmed, and keeping of them there is great reward. It's the last word. His law is the final word. It's the king's word. It's law. Number seven, a king owns everything in his domain and territory. A president lives in a home that is owned by the government or the people. A prime minister is a citizen like everyone else. A dictator gains things by fraud, force, and corruption. But a king owns everything. The earth is the Lord, Psalm 24 and 1, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein, Psalm 50 and 10. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountain, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Amen. Thy throne, he said, is prepared in the heavens, and in his kingdom he ruleth over all. The psalmist writes, he owns it all. We're stewards. We're stewards of this world. We're stewards of our possessions. We're stewards of our finances. We're stewards of our time. He owns it all. Eight, to be a king, a king chooses his citizens. The king sets the standard for citizenship. He sets the standard for how you can be a part of the kingdom. Amen. He, he says who has the right or who doesn't have the right. In John 15 and 16, Jesus said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you that you love one another. If the world hate you, ye know it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Jesus said, my kingdom in another place is not of this world. And so he says, you're in good company if the world don't like you. You're in good company if the world don't like you. If the world hates you, hates you for your standard, hates you for your truth, hates you for my word. Hallelujah. Why? Because it's the king that chooses the citizen. It is Jesus the king that said this in John 3 and 5. Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. I'm talking about the king of glory. Number nine, a king embodies his government. Wherever the king is, that's where his government is. Wherever the king is, that's where his word is. Wherever the king is, that's where his, his authority is. A president, prime minister, travels at the authority of the government, but not all government is given to him. A king has all government. You can't separate the king from his government. Woo. Hallelujah. Wherever he is, there is his government. 
There's his government. Look at, look at number 10. The last thing I want to show you about the king of glory and what it makes to make up a king is that the king's name is the essence of the king's authority. The king's name, a royal edict signed by the king bearing his official seal authorizes the bearer to act on his authority. That's why Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Why? It's his name that is connected to the essence of his authority. John 1 and verse 11. John 1 and verse 11 and 12. He came unto his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Hallelujah. That's why we talk about it and preach about it. It's what you do in word or deed. You do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of King Jesus. Woo! I know I inserted King there, but it goes with my message. Amen. At the name of King Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Why? He made it. It's for him. By him they consist. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Who is the King of glory? Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts is the answer. He is the king of glory. Let me, let me just remind you in the next few days as you are, are thinking of, of Christmas or the coming of Christ. Amen. The story of Luke 2 says, and suddenly, verse 13, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Why was he saying glory? To the birth of a baby. Because behind that just crying of a baby is this great statement. John 1, 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full, full of grace and truth. He's my king. I want to honor him as so. He is my sovereign source and sustainer. He is my Lord and my keeper. Hallelujah. Who is the king of glory today? Who is the king of glory today? I just wanted to remind you this evening in this Tuesday night online service, who's in charge? It's not me. It's not Corona. It's certainly not our government. Who's in charge? We may not understand his ways and how he acts and what he does. You may be like the psalm that says, Who is the king of glory? And on the other side of the gate respond, The Lord of hosts! The Lord of hosts! The Lord of hosts is the king of glory. Be lifted up 
O ye gates, open up your everlasting doors and let the king come in. Why don't you let the king come in right now where you are, while you're watching. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.